Hello and welcome to the Doe Show, everyone. Uh, my name is Johnny P, your host. And with me, as always, is the guy who does all the audio production. We call him the post. We got Ryan Burke. Yeah, I make you sound good. I know. Yeah, that makes it sound great. And then uh, with us is sometimes is uh, Alex Mackley. He's not the post. He's the supposed because he's always supposed to do something. He never fucking does it. Hey. <laughs> consistently inconsistent over here yeah so sometimes in life good things happen like when they put the arizona raspberry tea in the gallon jugs like that was fucking sick that was sick uh, or like living in a world where your favorite cartoon and your favorite band slightly overlap and even better when the two of your favorite things get mashed into one and we're talking to the simpsons and grateful dead and today we have a very special guest uh, with us to discuss that overlap. And uh, one of the people who mashed them together, probably the best fucking way ever, we have a new Springfield Boogie's own, Alex Mazer. What's up? Hi, everybody. Out there in the Dosho world. Don't! Um, yeah, so we're talking Grateful Dead and The Simpsons, but first off, we uh, definitely want to talk to our uh, esteemed guest here. Um, tell us a little bit about New Springfield Boogie, if you can. Oh, I'd be delighted. Thank you. Uh, well, just off the bat, the name is a mashup of the song New Speedway Boogie and Springfield Where the Simpsons Live, just for those of you now joining us at home. Um <laughs> Why did I do it? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> it was actually my pandemic pivot. I uh, worked as a, a shooter for Nugs.net for several years. I don't know what? if you're familiar with that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, of course. I still I still do that. Thank but, you um, for your service. Yeah, sir. thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but during the pandemic, obviously there were no shows, and I was like, I got to learn a new skill quickly. <laughs> I got to do something. So... Uh, I think, you know, and I, th I think I wasn't the only person that did that. I think other people did that. I think that a lot of people took that opportunity to, you know, have some quiet reflection time with themselves. And, you know, if they were in a position where they could pursue something they were interested in, they did. I was fortunate enough to be one of those people. Banana bread. Yeah, banana <laughs> bread. I love banana bread. New, Sp New Springfield Boogie was your pandemic banana bread. It, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> so it just kind of, I had always... I've always been into art, you know, I've always drawn and I've always been into music and uh, I was getting a lot into into digital art and I wanted to teach myself Photoshop. I'd played around with it and I just, it started as, hey, wouldn't it be funny if, and I thought about just like putting some of the Simpsons heads on uh, some of the dancing bears and that's literally exactly where it started. I did that and then when I had successfully gotten into a place where I thought it was cool. I posted it on my Instagram and I had a really big reaction to it, bigger than I expected. The point where strangers were kind of reaching out to me saying like, hey, like, how do I get a t-shirt of this? And that's kind of like when I saw the dollar like, signs. Oh. In my yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think I have something here. Yeah. And then, and then like, I didn't have to try that hard to think of the ideas just because I 
my brain is constantly inundated with like Simpsons quotes. I'm like always listening to the dead. <laughs> yeah. Once, once you, yeah. Once you consume a certain point, um, like portion of media for a certain point, it becomes part of you almost. It, it's it hundred percent does, you know, like there's a Simpsons quote for every situation. And I, I'm sure oh, yeah. you guys know that. And like, sometimes you're around people who get your references and sometimes you're met with blank stares. But like, when you are around somebody who gets a reference, especially if it's like someone you don't know that well or someone you didn't expect to, it forms a really cool, special bond. Like the bond you had like Monday mornings when you would like talk about The Simpsons, you know, with your friends at school. So we are talking Simpsons and the Grateful Dead, and this is a Simpsons-ish podcast, but we thought it'd be appropriate to at least try and throw out a, so who are the Grateful Dead? Um, so I thought it'd be great for you to go ahead and tackle that one, Alex. Um, I, well, that that's a loaded question because there's been a lot of different iterations, like what are they now? You know, what did they start as? And you could say the same thing about The Simpsons, too, actually. That is very true. Um, oh, we're getting deep here. Yeah. So, you know, quite simply, they were, you know, a band of the 60s that um, through experimentation with LSD, which wasn't illegal at the time, were able to have big parties where the band and the audience got super high and it evolved kind of from like folky bluegrass into, and blues into a much more psychedelic enterprise. And they uh, developed a, over the years, you know, over like 50 years, almost 60 now. Yeah. Um, quite an enthusiastic fan base that was very, very um, willing to follow them around wherever they went. And um, what's kind of cool about it is that a lot of the music is very like Americana, like songs about trains and the West and cowboys and stuff. Based from like the early American music. Well, there's traditional songs that they played that have been played for like 100 years, you know, that they didn't write. And, you know, what's interesting is that like it almost doesn't matter who's playing those songs. They just, you know, the music never stopped. You know, it just like continues to be played by whoever is the next person to play it. And there's so many Grateful Dead cover bands. Oh, yeah. Um, J-Rad being one of my favorite. I love J-Rad. I, they're the best. Yes. Between, just between you and me, I think they're the best. But like, but it's like Dark Star Orchestra, who is a band that I used to see a lot when I was a teenager, um, they used to play like small, I used to see them in small rooms. And now it, it got to the point where if you uh, recall further, it was a different like incarnation of the dead. Um, that John Kay who was like at the front of the premier Grateful Dead cover band, like got, you know, sent up, you, Gil moved up to the big leagues, you know, like he got to play with Further. <laughs> he was playing, you know, he was in a cover band and then he was playing with Phil and Bob and Joe Russo, who we just mentioned a moment ago. And at that point, is it a cover band if you're playing with mostly the original members? <laughs> it's, and, you know, I don't have that answer. There's a lot of people that have a lot of different feelings about that. So you were saying like Dark Star Orchestra was kind of a smaller act when you saw them when you were younger. That's mm-hmm. something similar I could say to there's a band out of Chicago called Terrapin Flyer. Uh-huh. And when I saw them when I was younger, they were smaller rooms, you know, not too, too well known. Now they're like on, you know, nationwide tours, maybe not nationwide, maybe like half nationwide. Mm-hmm. But they're playing with. um Oh, it's gonna it's gonna slip my mind now. Uh, keyboard player that Jerry played with outside of the dead, Melvin Seals. 
there you go. That's the name. Yes. They play with him all the time. Um, so that's like, you know, you see these, like if you can be a quote unquote cover or tribute band and start filling like theaters that original bands have a hard time filling, that says something about the original band that you're covering. Oh, absolutely. It does. And I think what, uh, one of J rad's greatest strengths is that you know, you've how many Grateful Dead cover bands have you seen? You know, like more than I can name. Yeah, yeah. J Rad really was one of the first ones I saw that really kind of had their actual own unique sound. Like they put their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys have all been playing together for a really long time. They used to play in a band before that called Bustle in Your Hedgerow, which was like a um, a Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin cover band. So it's not but just they, a clever name. Not just a clever name. Oh, um, <laughs> but they're I think they're like mostly like Philly based. And um, they're they're great. I love. And here's the other thing I really love about J Red, and just and then we can get back on topic. There's a lot of bands um, that have been playing together for a long time, and you know, there's like band drama. But I feel like when you watch J Red, when one person is soloing, when you're watching like Tom Hamilton like shred guitar, every other person in the band is looking at him and smiling. Yeah, 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 totally. I, like, it, I, like it's like I love that energy because it's like these guys like each other. I just read this article about like self-made people and like what is an individual and what's part of a collective. And like one of the things they're talking about is like that Hollywood it factor, like, Oh, they've got it. And you yeah. know, that happened, you see that happen on jam bands. Exactly. When someone starts soloing or they go into the jam and like one person just starts throwing something down and every, everyone on stage and in the audience all just looks at them at the same point in time. Like, Okay, here we go now. Like, <laughs> I guess I guess that's one benefit I could put, uh, just in my opinion, of jam bands themselves is that everyone on stage has that it factor, and every single time someone starts playing, it's always a head turner. You get that like stank face from people in the audience. <laughs> that's how you know you're watching one of those S tier bands, one of those top tiers. Like when every member of the band has it, and the the band as a collective also has it. And it's not just one dude up there fucking flaming his ego up like. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to take you out of the venue. And we're going to go <laughs> back to where we're at. We're not watching the show anymore. All right. All right. We're not we're not jamming. We're walking in. We're, we're on shakedown. Right. Yeah. So it's funny to hear, Alex, that you started this as a pandemic project mm-hmm. where it's like. So I went to see Dead & Co. both days at Wrigley and I mm-hmm. was legitimately looking for you. Oh, the whole you, time. You didn't see me? But the thing is, you were on the official shakedown area. And in, yeah. in Chicago, it was like you had to stand in line. I didn't know about that until about 15 minutes before we walked in on Saturday or whatever day it was, the second day. That how was did weird, you end up, right? How, it was kind of weird. That setup was weird. But how did you end up getting... Well, now that you said you've done things for Nugs, it kind of seems like it makes a little bit more sense. But how did you get linked up to do like the official shakedown? Oh, um, well, so (laughs) I, what I didn't know is that you need a peddler's license to vend in uh, Chicago, apparently. And, um, I didn't get one in time actually. So I wasn't going to be able to vend in there, but then I saw a friend who I won't name, but she was like, just walk in with me and say, you're, you know, we're, we're under the same umbrella. So (laughs) I like, wasn't, I actually, you know, was not sanctioned to be in there. (laughs) Well, I mean, when I was walking around the outside shakedown area, I didn't see anyone displaying any peddler's license that I could see. Hold on. I have a question here. I have a question here. The city of Chicago carries about 
a license to sell on the street, but after the show, when the tanks are out, all hell breaks loose. They look the other well, way. What I'm saying is like to, to be to be in the sanctioned, you know, official, you know, Toyota presents Shakedown Street area. Ah, you needed okay. to have a peddler's license to operate okay. in there. Okay. You know, gotcha. otherwise, you know, of course, it's a free for all set up wherever you want. But like if someone tells you to move along, like you have no choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. That would be funny if someone with like a giant nitrous tank was like the cops come up to him like, hey, you can't do that here. And like, no, I actually have a peddler's license. They're like, oh, by all means, <laughs> okay. have a good night. Yeah. Like, actually, can I get one to go, please? Like, yeah, sure, <laughs> officer. <laughs> well, what was nice about being in there besides the like off-putting Toyota presents Shakedown Street um, was that <laughs> there, there was no nitrous. There was no nitrous inside of that. So like, you know, and that's competition for vendors. That is, yeah, true. So like, and it was, you know, I think there were only like, there were probably less than 80 vendors in there. And when somebody was like, I'm going to, you know, circle, circle around and come back. Like they always came back. I actually, I crushed in Chicago. I, I love that lot. Hell yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Once I found out that you had to stand in the line to go in, I didn't have enough time. I was like, Damn. yeah. So you live in Chicago? No, I live about 45 minutes south of Chicago. We all grew up in the same area, but now they live in California. So you're about splitting the, at least for this, as far as time zones go, you're splitting the difference between uh, me and these guys. Okay, cool. One of my favorite stories from the 50th anniversary tour of the Grateful Dead in Chicago uh-huh. was there was an empty nitrous tank in the middle of the street. And the city called in uh, the bomb disposal squad. It was like this whole like Fox News thing where they're like, "Look at this! This is some type of bomb." And they're like, "It's an empty nitrous tank." <laughs> Fuck! All right, and we're back after technical difficulties. You had mentioned or asked how many people fit into Soldier Field, which is Ryan. Sixty-one thousand people. It's a lot of people lot of people right and what i was going to say to that was that you have that many people in the stadium there's also like forty thousand people outside the stadium like either just trying to get in or just just hanging out there and partying in the parking lot exactly i had friends that almost all my friends about half my friends that went went into the show and about half of them were like we're just going to hang out outside like <laughs> right yeah yeah i do want to say just real quick um the only other artist besides for like jam band artists that I've heard that do that Swifties. Interesting. Those fans are dedicated. We're not doing doing this again. They're out there, bro. We did this a few episodes ago. We're not doing the Swiftie thing. They're out there, bro. All right. All right. All right. They're everywhere. 40,000 people potentially hanging outside, right? I have a question for all of you. If you could hang out with one person in the lot, from the Simpsons, who would it be? Are we like, are the kids going to be kids' age or are they going to be like in their 20s at this point? Like, no, where they're at, bro. Where the they're at. Okay. Or from the Simpsons. Otto, duh. Otto. All right. All right. I like Otto. Otto's the lowest hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be the greatest time, though. Come on. Um, That's a tough one. I don't know. I feel like, um, yeah, maybe Quimby. Because Quimby could like you know like grease some wheels and like get you backstage. And stuff. Ah, yeah, that'd be nice. I have uh, made a lot of money from uh, booking these guys, and I uh, let's go have a little funsies. I got a private box. Me and Bob, we we have a dual partnership in Ticketmaster. Let me in. Vote Quimby. Vote Quimby. If you were running for mayor, he'd vote for you. <laughs> 
Uh, I would say, honestly, the Simpsons character that I would like to hang out with on lot would be maybe Barney Gumble just to follow him around and see what he gets into. <laughs> so is this, is this um, like drunk Barney or sober Barney? Oh, definitely drunk Barney. I don't want to follow around sober, sober Barney around Barney. lot. You don't hang out with the town drunk to see him sober. Like <laughs> he would be super. Okay. What if, and like, okay. So sober Barney on mm-hmm. lot, but he just takes like a 10 strip or something like that. Right. Well, so that was, I was going to ask is sober Barney just sober from alcohol and just like, he's into psychedelics or, or what? Or is he just like totally sober? Yeah, man. I'm so sober. California sober, California, California sober, sober is like, you just smoke weed, but like, is like Colorado sober. Like you only take psychedelics. <laughs> It could yeah, be. I see mushrooms, man. <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> I don't make these rules. I just buy by them. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? What do, who are you hanging out with? Uh, to be honest, I'm I'm gonna tag along on on Alex Mackley's uh, idea, and I would like to hang out with Ned Flanders. I think that would be an experience to see. If I can interrupt for just one moment, I did a series. I think of three like people that you would see at a Grateful Dead show. And my three examples, I'm trying to pull it up right now. Uh, one was Ned Flanders. One was the sea captain. And one was Lionel Hutz. And I, and I, oh, here, I just found it. I'll start at the bottom. Okay, so here's here's this one. So this is Lionel Hutz at a Dead show. And, you know, my, my uh, caption is, Lionel, 40, tries to sell you a half-eaten lot burrito, talks during Stella Blue, gets arrested for public urination at set break. <laughs> Yes. So then we've yeah. got the sea ca- the sea captain. Okay. Yar. This one is Horatio, sixty three, proudly offers you his homegrown swag from a corn cob pipe. <laughs> named named his boat the Donna Jean. Has been to <laughs> has been to over four hundred shows and is still somehow chasing lost sailor. <laughs> and then this is the one that did the best. This is Flanders. Okay. This says Ned, sixty. Doesn't care what they play tonight, just as long as all the band members have a nice time. <laughs> really, really likes the one about the left-handed monkey wrench. Prefers Jerry Garcia band. <laughs> and then in the caption below, it says, we'll probably offer you a white, white wine spritzer and some L.S. Diddley. <laughs> L.S. Diddley. Hey, man. <laughs> oh, so talking on... Um... Ned Flanders and then the uh, idea that like the initial dead shows were done in a way that like the audience participated with the band in making the music. Uh, my dad loved let a church service on Saturday nights at my church that like he'd be like finger picking like Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin as you came in. It was literally just music. And everyone in the audience got handed like shaker toys, like fucking tambourines, rhythm eggs. And so everyone was part of the music. Yeah. Well, everyone was part of the birth of uh, the warlocks with the electric Kool-Aid acid tests. Um, and quick story before we go on to the next part. The only reason I know anything about any of this is because I had a really good fucking English teacher in high school. And we read One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and she made us watch a documentary about Ken Casey and the electric Kool-Aid acid test. So we understood what we were reading as we read it and i watched that and i was like fuck i like that i want to try it and then eventually i did <laughs> got my first grateful dead album off of ebay which uh, one um live dead 
Oh, hell yeah. 23 minute dark star. Skipped it about half of the time. <laughs> um, I have a, I did a Simpsons Live Dead album cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, this is the Live Dead. Yes. Fuck yeah. It's, you know, like from the Treehouse of Horror when Burns is the Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. And this one I call Live Undead. <laughs> what would Burns be on the fucking, in the Grateful Dead show on the line? Um, I just, you know, he he's afraid of people giving him a thumbs up. I don't think he would walk around on the lot. <laughs> he's, no, he's the one that's no. asking for permits to vent. <laughs> this is blotter that I printed for Bicycle Day. And I actually, I made it with Ken Kesey's grandson, Caleb Kesey. <laughs> what? Holy shit, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. That's the truth. Pandemic fucking project, my dickhole, bro. This, is, <laughs> this has been 10 years in the making. Don't lie to us. I've, it's been four years now. I just, I, just celebrated, I just celebrated four years of New Springfield Boogie. I guess I, just, I, guess I kind of forgot like how long ago the pandemic was. It feels like it was like a week ago. Let me try it one more time. <laughs> All right, we're onto the we're onto the actual fucking bulk of this episode, I guess. The meat and potatoes. The meat and potatoes. Uh, this is the times the dead were mentioned in the Simpsons. <laughs> so the first one uh, is season two, episode three, the first Treehouse of Horror ever. The air date was October 25th, 1990. And these, this was one of those uh, freeze frames because back then you couldn't pause TV. Yep. So freeze frame, freeze frame joke. And they were going through the graveyard, all the tombstones. And one of them said the Grateful Dead. Was this, was this a prediction? Was this another one of the amazing Simpsons predictions? They put 1990. If, if it said Jerry Garcia, it would be it would be a prediction, but with the Grateful Dead on a tombstone, that's just a pun because you know you're putting because they're, they're dead. They're they're <laughs> saying they're dead, so that means they're a corpse in the ground. So you put their name on the fucking plaque, like. But I mean, uh, some do say the Grateful Dead died with Jerry Garcia. Discuss. <laughs> Is, do you want to go in that direction? I feel like that's going to derail us. <laughs> That's a little bit too. That's a little bit too deep for the beginning for the first episode. Well, so you know what? And some people say The Simpsons died after season eleven, season ten. You know, like, but it's still there. (laughs) But it's it's still there. You know, and like both things will will be there. What I will say is this: Um, anything that's counterculture is cooler. It's just the way it is. You know, like before, lots of people like it. It's cooler, and. The Simpsons, like when I was in elementary school, like you got in trouble for wearing a Bart Simpson t-shirt, you know, like, you, you, like, you know, like you, they'd make you turn it inside out. Like I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? And that's tame. Like I remember, I remember George Bush was like, families should be more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons. Like the president said that, you know, like that was a real concern for this animated show is corrupting the fabric of, the of, of American families. Like- right, right. And then, and so then you have the Grateful Dead and, you know, like some people would say that that too has reached critical mass and, you know, they have partnerships with everyone from like Whole Foods salad to like, like you can, you can literally go buy like Grateful Dead salad. Yeah. What? Yeah, you can. 
Uh, I'm going to have to, that's all right. Next week's episode is how good was the Grateful Dead salad? <laughs> right. So yes, there are people that will absolutely say like once Jerry died, the Grateful Dead died too. And that's their truth, you know, like, but there's like so many people that are like, no, they're still alive. And there's people that, you know, that still watch the, the new episodes of the Simpsons and love them and treasure them just as much. Yeah. Uh, I am a big fan of the uh, newer seasons, like the thirties, uh, the thirties, in my opinion, have been really, really good. I would agree with that. Kind of like, you know, very frequently with like bands, you know, kind of like their sophomore album is generally referred to as like, you know, they're kind of like, kind of, you know, they blow up there, get really big, release that first album. It's huge. They do the second one. It kind of falls flat. And then the ones after that are better than the second, but not as good as the first type shit. And that's kind of where like the Simpsons are at. But, you know, obviously not in just an episode or album, but in terms of like season type shit, that beginning shit was like super good. Matt Groening leaves to go to Futurama. They kind of get directionless because of that and flounder about. But then eventually, you know, they build up a new team that kind of knows what they're doing, but also knows what was being done with the older seasons. And kind of there's been a lot of like reviving kind of like old jokes and references in the new 30 seasons that have been hitting pretty hard. I think that you could there's an argument that success kind of like ruins any art. You know, like when you're like a hungry starving artist like you're doing your best stuff and you're channeling your struggle into your creativity and then like once you're successful like you're not struggling anymore and i'm not saying you can't still do good stuff but like you're not hungry the way you were when you were a starving artist yeah and um there's actually there's a funny interview that the grateful dead are at a press conference and um this reporter goes has success ruined the dead and jerry just goes yes <laughs> and you know everybody laughs but he was like completely straight faced and then yeah. he starts to he starts to go on do, do you know the one i mean no i'm not familiar no with it. okay so 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 then but then it's like there's a little bit more levity to it after that because bob you know bob interrupts him and he goes you know i was eating pistachios the other day and, and uh the hard to open ones I don't even bother with them anymore. And then, of course, everybody laughs and the subject has changed. But it was, it's very, very funny. Get old, uh, get out of it with a little jokey joke. It's, right. my, uh, it's my bread and butter. Um, so, okay, so you said that you had mentioned that you have something, a product, merchandising for at least one thing for each one that we talk about. So you have to have some Treehouse of Horror one. Um, well, I just showed you this. This yeah, is a Treehouse of Horror one. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Pardon me. Just because I have a podcast about it doesn't mean I know which all the things. No. Go, okay. Go and actually, here's I have another one. And this is unreleased. I haven't. I've like, I posted Ooh. this for Halloween a few Heard years ago. So it's like, it's, it's stuff that it's an image people have seen before, but like I haven't made a sticker out of it until just recently. Oh. So this is like, you know, like Tiger. Cool. This is like one of J- Jerry's guitar Tiger. And then obviously like it's a treehouse of horrors when they're doing, they're parodying the island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. With the Marge as a cat. Yeah. Yes. And I, have I done other, tre- I'm sure I've done other trees. I've done treehouse of horror like videos too. So I do video also. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite videos that oh. you've ever posted, uh-huh. uh, which I wanted to bring this up at uh, one point. You do a really good Lenny because it was uh, the uh, uh, by the big cooling tower. They have, oh, yeah. they have a we have the power. And then yeah. uh, now do with, classical gas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what the video you made was, uh, was it Shakedown or something? What was the song that uh, was played after that? 
what did i don't remember i know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about but i'm like totally blanking on it yeah you do a killer lenny so uh you yeah. know one time Thank when we you. do when we do another table read we'll bring you in to do the lenny parts okay cool <laughs> lenny and carl you have to do it figure out carl though <laughs> that's a tough one that's a, that's a controversial one too oh, um, yeah, so man. actually so you know you know there's the treehouse of horror where like the end of the episode is that there's this like poisonous gas that turns people inside out. And then they do like a chorus line, like dance when their like yeah. bodies are inside out. So there's like one, like there's a lot of really good imagery in the Grateful Dead, um, which is very helpful to me as some, like they have a lot of assets, which I can mm. manipulate and they have one that's like the dancing skeletons. <laughs> so that one, you know, is I, Bart has a hat and a cane and and so did the skeleton and like that that was kind of what inspired that one I might have thought of doing this one anyway just because like you know sometimes I'm scrambling around for ideas but I really did think of it because of that treehouse of horrors with the poisonous gas that turns people inside out I enjoyed the lightning bolt in Marge's hair on that one thank yes, you yeah, yes. yeah so the the second mention of the grateful dead and the simpsons was from season five episode seven bart's inner child the uh, air date november 11th 1993 once again another freeze frame yeah freeze frame (laughs) (laughs) under the ad for a free trampoline there's an ad for grateful dead tickets but it's spelled it's spelled wrong though if i recall yes is it Yes, yes oh yeah Probably for uh, copyright infringement purposes. Well, no, because on the tombstone, they spell it correctly. I think this Ooh. was just... Yeah, it's just a mess up. I hope someone got fired for that blunder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a wizard did it. That's <laughs> So it was uh ad for Grateful Dead tickets for Capital City. Um, but the Grateful Dead played a three-night run at Capital Center in Maryland in March of that same year. They predicted really? it, bro. They had to have. They predicted it. No, I'm sure that, I don't know, you know, maybe they just made something up or maybe. Um, I have used that one. I, I did it as an ad for a free sticker, not for like a, I was doing like buy one, get one stickers. So, um, and I didn't call attention to it either. Just like on the Simpsons, I had like Homer reading the newspaper and then he goes, Oh my God. <laughs> and like in place of like free trampoline, it says like buy one, get one stickers. And then right underneath it, you can see grateful dead tickets. And I like just waited to see if someone would notice. Nice. Free sticker, free sticker, sticker. Mackley, you want to take the next one? Okay. Yeah. So this is in season six episode 10 again we're still in the golden years of the simpsons age um doing in the wind some, some may say some may say some may say, say. <laughs> um air date uh the, the colloquially accepted golden age of of the simpsons uh, <laughs> and this is uh, aired on november 15th 1998 so a little bit after treehouse episode would have it's nothing to do with this but uh ned flanders my boy you uh, he drinks peyote-laced groovy grove juice and hallucinates the dancing, the, the jerry bears, the dancing bears and skeletons crossing the street. And this is not the first time that a Simpsons character has hallucinated on psychedelics. No. Or just hallucinated on anything. Lest we forget the hot peppers which also had a musical guest in it. Uh, Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash was the voice of the, the Fox. Space coyote. Or the Coyote, yes, yeah. you're right. 
the coyote that was his spirit guide. Um, so I, I have used that in some work. I have done a couple like psychedelic videos. Um, the Flanders one I have, I can share with you and what it, it'll be interesting. Cause maybe you can like pick out the episodes I've like kind of taken stuff from. <laughs> yeah. So, uh. um, there's an episode I think where he's like doing his taxes and he's like licking a whole sheet of stamps. Yeah. So I used that and like, you know, insinuated that it was a whole sheet of acid. <laughs> and then he starts um, hallucinating. Is that from, um, no, that's not Bart the Murderer. Which one? I was going to say Bart the Murderer. No. Um, the, one, the final tongue licking? Yeah. Yeah, so good eye. So um, the first three shots are like obviously Ned and then the, the, the fourth one of the really close up of the dry tongue is actually Bart. But no one would ever know that. <laughs> nice. Good, great good catch. Eye. Thank you. I just know uh, the alarm goes off. It's like, what is it? Uh, January 1st. Better get started on those taxes, right, Nettie. Right, right. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> on to the next Grateful Dead and Simpsons uh, reference. Season 10, episode 17. Maximum Homer Drive. It aired in uh, 99. This is the one where Bart and Homer drive a big rig named Red Rascal. And it's another freeze frame. While the truck passes, it has the little invisible man from Shakedown Street. Uh, a playoff of that. Yep. I, <laughs> he's got and here it is. an image for every reference we have. This is awesome. So I, I, I call this one Big Boss Man. Um, <laughs> and it's Burns! And uh, I also put the Springfield Isotope in the background as oh, well. Yeah, yeah, nice. totally. Uh, actually, speaking of Isotope, uh, what? Uh, so you're from the area. Uh, have you been to an Isotopes game? So I've only lived in New Mexico for two years, and I didn't even know that it was a real team. Apparently, they named the team after the Simpsons episode, yes, I heard. of course, yeah. Which is amazing. I love when life Im- imitates art. Um, no, but I, like, I found out, because I was, I was in the Albuquerque airport, and I saw like the Isotopes gear, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, honestly... Yeah. So I don't I don't know how big of a team it is. Like we have like minor minor league teams in our area, mm-hmm. but it's not like a thing where people hang out and like pregame in the parking lot. But mm-hmm. man, if they hang out in the in the parking lot there, what a place to go uh, pedal some wares, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm in Taos, so I'm like two and a half hours north of Albuquerque. But I was just there on Saturday night, and I saw Les Claypool. Oh, was well, you, saw, you, you saw the flying frogs? Frog, frog brigade. Oh, how yeah. was it? How did you enjoy it? It was, I mean, he's great. You know, he, like, I love any musician when you can tell it's them right away. Like, they've, like, really pioneered their own sound. Yeah. People, people try to copy that Claypool sound, but they just can't, like. Right. Um, I saw him, a few years ago, I saw him do the, um the farewell to kings tour like where he's covering oh, the rush nice. album farewell to kings and it was so cool because like he's such a rush fanboy like he's he said he started playing bass because like right he like watched getty lee and was like blown away and he's like i want to play the bass so he um, actually uh did take uh did lessons with getty lee for that tour did he yes That's he so did cool that was yeah. a, it was a great show imagine being one of the most 
premier like highest renowned like unique bass players in the fucking industry currently and going up to this another guy and be like can can you can you help teach me how to play i really want to sound like you (laughs) i mean like i respect that so hard because there's always something you can learn you know and like uh, he probably also just like wanted to hang out with him because he likes him yeah also on top of that after after less did lessons with getty lee for that tour they ended up doing the South Park anniversary at Red Rocks. I was there. And it was, you were like, oh, you just, but okay. So yeah, they had uh, Les Claypool playing with Rush and like, that was, you know, obviously they got a, they're friends at this point, I'd imagine. All right, guys. All right, guys. We got one more Simpsons dead reference and then we can go on to other jam bands. All right. You jam heads. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Getting ahead of yourselves here. All right. Last one skips forward. We're we're in what season twenty five now? Episode one, Homerland. Oh, so one of the newer seasons. Newer. Well, and that's interesting. All of all of the references are in season ten or before, except for one. And again, there's fifteen. There's fifteen years of seasonings where they don't touch on the Grateful Dead, and that's kind of in that gray zone of meh. As, again, or uh, or uh, you know, it's possible. It's also possible that they did, and like whoever like put this video together just didn't pick up on, on okay, it. Yeah, that is yeah. true. Because there's there is there's the there's the um the the crusty the rib sandwich episode too, McRib. which is like basically yeah the crusty yeah the crusty rib sandwich yeah. whatever that's made with like spider and, like, meat. <laughs> right, and Homer like goes on tour like as oh, always following it, yeah, and everything, yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. That's like season eleven or something. Uh, so this one, I don't have the air date for it, but um, activists help Homer detox with a fictional Grateful Dead album, Long Strange Trip to Shelbyville, and it features an over three-day-long version of Shakedown Street. So this is a this is a picture from the episode. Yes, and you know you see the album is circled right here. Yes. So um, I had never seen this episode. And there's another um, Instagram account called Holy Moly Mischief. Perhaps you're familiar with him or not, but he he does Grateful Dead merch. This is not necessarily Simpsons oriented, but he is a Simpsons fan himself. Yes. And he reached out to me and he was like, hey, have you seen this episode? And I said, no. He goes, I want to recreate that little album cover. It's like in the corner there. Yeah. Because that's something that like you could do. And, you know, we'll do it as a collab. Like you, I'll just like pay you to do it and I'll distribute it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. That sounds awesome. And so... I recreated it. Um, So that is the last, at least the one that we have here for the Grateful Dead references in The Simpsons. And that stopped at 25. Um, Now, there's other jam references. Yeah. Do you think it'd be a good time to take a quick break and then we'll come back talking about another jam band that has had some references in The Simpsons? Well, I actually I have one more quick one that's like it's it's a freebie um, and I, I'm surprised it didn't make the list at all. So and I captioned this like getting ready for tour like. <laughs> I realized I could make money selling my medication to deadheads. <laughs> I mean, that's oh. like, you know, that's a straight up reference. Like he says, deadheads. So. I'm surprised that didn't make it onto this list. Someone wasn't as thorough as me. 
<laughs> Imagine that. The guy that's like an officially lens- licensed deadhead vendor is a... Oh, I'm not licensed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to... Yeah, I, I wasn't, yeah. wasn't going to bring that up at all. But, yeah. uh, you know, we're going to... Uh, we're going to... Uh, take a quick oh break. i'm not we're, a doctor we're gonna <laughs> get a crack team of people together to get all of the grateful dead references uh and then when we come back we're gonna talk about another jam band reference and maybe you know them <laughs> <laughs> 